Welcome to Sparks and Recreation, your source for info on community events, meta-analysis, and everything Hero Realms. Part of the Realms Rising Network. Hello, Heroes of the Realms, and welcome to Episode 1 of the much-anticipated Sparks and Recreation. I am one of your co-hosts, Matthew Jigmalinka-Rooks, joined by my friend, Tim Agency 13 McKenzie, the fighter extraordinaire, the hand skive to my arcane wand. How's it going, my friend? It's going pretty good. Thanks for picking like my least favorite fighter upgrade there, <laughs> but it's going well. Good. Uh, I know you are just as happy as I am to be here. We have been planning this uh, podcast for weeks now. We put a lot of time and effort in enjoying the whole process, but we are finally seeing the fruits and it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, before we jump into the episode, we just want to give a very short uh, kind of motivation or explanation of why we we're doing this. And for me, uh, I love interacting with the community. I love playing the uh, organized events. I love the discussions on discord. It's brought a lot of joy to me. And uh, I thought this podcast would be a good way to kind of extend that and to continue to help grow the community. It's a huge collaborative effort with so many people. I'm really proud to be a proud of it. And uh, that's why I'm doing it. How about you, Tim? Uh, for me, I just thought, you know, with uh, running tournaments, writing articles, all that stuff, I wasn't doing enough. So I needed to add more stuff to my plate here. <laughs> uh, but no, I I love the Hero Realms community. It's turning out to be phenomenal. And the people in it are a lot of fun. The discussions, the games, the events, they're all really good. And I'm really of the opinion in a lot of things in my life that... If you want things to happen, you want to see like somebody do this or do that. Sometimes that's got to be you. So that's what this is. Let, let's put it out there and, and have some fun with it. Well said. Yeah. And like you said, enjoying it is the most important thing. And just talking about the community, I've heard multiple people say in multiple different times that this is one of the best or the best uh, community they've ever been a part of on discord or uh, around a game. So it re really is a special uh, thing we've got going on and it's fun to keep it going. All right. So, um, this is our first episode and we thought just to spice up the intro a little bit here, we would start with asking each other one question. We're not prepared for it. And, uh, we just thought it'd be kind of a cool icebreaker to get things going. All right. So Tim, you ready? I'm ready. All right. I'm going to, I'm coming in with a heater, a, a really okay. tough, really tough question. Um, since this is a podcast about games, I'll, I'll stick to games here. What is your favorite game outside of hero realms? Okay. My favorite game. That is way too hard of a question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I think, I mean, I absolutely love deck builders. Um, and one of my favorites is a game called Clank. Um, I have like every expansion, everything. I have the legacy version, all of that. Like 
I mean, the base Clank game is pretty cool, but the legacy version of Clank is pretty awesome. And that might be one of my favorites. Um, cool. I mean, Clank. there's a couple other up there, but if you haven't tried that out, try out Clank. It's Clank, C-L-A-N-K, exclamation point is the name of the is game. Is it a two-player like versus game? It is uh, two to four. Okay. I'll look up the details later. It sounds interesting. I love deck builders. It's, well. it's a deck builder and like a dungeon crawl all in one. Ooh, so okay. it's really cool. It's really cool. All right. I'll check it out for show. All right. What so you got for me? My question for you, because I've talked to you a, a bunch, but I don't know. I know you're a professor. Associate mm-hmm. professor. Yeah. Associate but. professor. I mean, that's all the same to me, honestly. I'm, I'm a blue collar guy. So, uh, what do you teach? What what field do you teach and work in and all of that stuff? Get, tell well, me a little bit about that. All right. Yeah. Good question. I don't want, I could talk. You get me started about education and I will uh, talk until the cows come home. But um, my background is in linguistics, especially applied linguistics, which is basically a fancy way of saying how we uh, acquire language or language acquisition with a special focus on second language acquisition. So I'm in charge of, um, in my current job, well, I wear many different hats. I'm more of a bureaucrat and administrator than I am an educator nowadays. But uh, one part of my job is uh, co- designing, coordinating, and administering a, um, our English language curriculum in the Department of Oceanology at Colby University. And we've got about, uh, I think about 1,200 students in our faculty. So they all go through kind of your general academic program, part of which is our English program. And then we have specialized technical programs as well. Some of these students will go on to become seafarers. Some will become engineers. Some will become uh, business logistics, shipbuilders and designers, uh, and uh, other normal quote-unquote jobs as well. So. Uh, it's kind of an interesting niche field to be in, and uh, that's what I do. That is really cool. <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> hopefully we didn't just uh, rock the audience to sleep here <laughs> in, our, in our introduction. But well, well why don't why don't we? Uh, you found out a little bit about each of us and and all of that, and we'll get into the main topic today. Uh, is going to kind of be about some of this stuff as well. So we'll get to that, but we're going to get to the first segment. What would you do? All right. And welcome to the first edition of What Would You Do? WWYD. This is a fun little section that we thought up where we could take a snapshot of a specific game state. Usually what it's probably going to be is different choices of cards to buy from the market. You have different choices, different ways to go. And what would you do in this situation? Uh, there might be different situations we think of as well, but this will be probably what we start out with. Now, uh, our typical idea here is to put up a screenshot on Discord, have you guys talk about it for a few days, and then we'll record the podcast with incorporating your ideas into the discussion. But as this is the first episode, and we're kind of dropping this as a surprise to everybody, there is no lead up time. 
So we are just going to explain the situation. And then Tim and I will talk about what we would do in it. All right. Tim, can you paint the scene for us verbally here? What do we got? Uh, yes. So this was in a game that you were playing. Uh, it's at level 12. It was a wizard mirror match. Um, pretty much the same from what I'm seeing, pretty much the same build a wizard. You have your, uh, the middle channel. I forget the name of it, but the, uh, pure channel, pure channel. It, it draws two cards. You select one. You got your, you both have the explosive fireball and the wizard robes. Um, it's your turn. You have your cat familiar out. You have played your cards. You have five gold. You've already used your damage, um, but you do have the silver skull amulet in play that could be scrapped. And in the market row is deception, rampage, smash and grab, taxation, and street thug. Uh, the other thing I want to say is your spell components were played. So every event or not event action costs one less. Yeah. So you can buy deception for four rampage for five smash and grab for five taxation for zero or the very tempting choice of street thug for three. All right. So this is a really interesting decision point. All right. It's the beginning of the game. It's turn uh, or maybe it's turn two. I think it was turn two. Um, Yeah, it's turn two. Um, Do you go deception here? Do you go rampage? And by the way, we will upload a picture of this to Discord later if you want to check it and just so you can see it later. um, Tim, do you want me to start out with what I would do? Why don't you go first? Because I'll tell you what I actually did in this game. I'll I'll go first. I remember because you were you were you were messaging me about this one. Like, what would you do here, Tim? And I said, man, that's a tough spot. I I mean, deception, rampage, smash and grab. All that you could get at a discount. That's tough. And I said, I'd probably go rampage. Um, Although there's a lot of blue guild cards out there, and that makes deception really enticing and it's really early too so it would be able to do some work but i i i thought rampage the cycling and everything you get from that is probably the best bet that's what i would do yep and i agree with you and that actually is what i did now whenever you can get deception for four cost you always think about it for sure right uh, just because it's so good especially this early in the game and if I had been a cleric or a thief in this match rather than a, a wizard, I might have actually gone with deception. I, I think um, I would in that situation. Yeah. yeah. But as the wizard, usually you want to, uh, I, it, deception is great for a wizard too. Don't get me wrong, but rampage has a much better chance of quickly ending the game than uh, deception does. So yeah. So rampage is a good choice. A, Because you're going to have a good chance to finish the game. And B, you're going to keep it away from your opponent. (laughs) You don't want to pick up deception and then see your opponent pick up rampage and kill you really quickly. And and because there's a lot of blue, that really makes rampage get you two cards and you're cycling through stuff faster. That's why I would pick rampage. But deception's still going to draw you a card. 
And if you paired up the blues, it's going to get you stuff to hand, which could be a game changer right there. But I think, I think it's a really close call either way. I don't think either way is wrong. No. And they're both um, awesome choices to do. Uh, now, Smash and Grab is another great one, but you don't want to pick that one up first. Right. Um, you want to get That'd be my third one. choice. Yeah. But what happened here was I did get the Rampage. Um, my opponent got the Deception. On a subsequent turn, I also got Smash and Grab, which I was able to um, grab Rampage with once that game. And that was basically the decider. It was quite close, and he was getting—he was starting to uh, combo his deception, which is bad news for me. But I was able to basically rush him with the rampage and get a couple uses out of it. Well, and that makes sense to me. You have those three cards out there. Whoever gets two of the three is probably going to be in a better spot. Doesn't mean you're going to win, but it's going to give you a better spot throughout the game. So yeah, definitely. That's what it sounds like. Yeah, cool. All right. So this is kind of just a short introduction of how we're going to do this. We have already started banking up a bunch of interesting decision points that we have in the many games that we play. If you guys, though, have similar decision points, please post it on the Discord channel for what would you do. And this will be a good way for us to discuss ideas and use on the podcast in the future. Okay, and here we are in the main topic. This is the section of the episode where we are going to focus on one key point. And this is going to you know, change every episode. And for this initial episode, our very first edition of Sparks and Recreation, we are basically just going to talk a little bit about ourselves and what brought us here, why we're doing this. Maybe some ideas for the future and um, also some shout outs to some people that we have been so lucky to coordinate with along the way. So uh, let's get this started off, Tim. Um, why did we start this podcast? Yeah, why did we? <laughs> uh, <laughs> let, let, let me get into how we started this podcast and then we can go. Get That's into a better why. question. Does that make sense? Um, How did we start this podcast is a good way to frame it. So to give some backstory, I've been streaming Hero Realms for, uh, it's been since like October or something. And right now it is the very end of March. So like six months or so now, I guess. Um, and I asked you to be a guest on my stream a handful of times. You've joined me. It's been a really good time. And then after one of the last couple of times that you joined me, I was talking with you and I said, why don't we do a podcast? This works out really well. Let's just record it and just do the voice stuff. And we can do that more often than you can guest on my stream. And that's kind of how it happened. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Um, taking it even a few steps before that, I think um, I found... I've been a huge fan of the Wise Wizard games, and I found uh, the Hero Realms Discord when the beta released, because uh, I've been waiting for the beta to come out. I was really excited about it. And uh, of course, the Discord's a good place to kind of discuss things. And at the very beginning, most of the, or I think all of the discussion was on the Wise Wizards uh, Discord. And then Adam made his uh, 
uh, his monumental Realms Rising <laughs> uh, podcast. Uh, also started on his website and created like a special Discord server that was just for Hero Realms, right? And that kind of attracted quite a few of the really uh, addicted players such as myself who were in there. I remember when I joined it uh, immediately, Agency was one of the first people to say hello. Noodle Tube was another one. Uh, and some others as well. I'm sure I'm, I'm forgetting. Um, but, uh, and I just remember feeling like I had found my, my home. <laughs> it, was, it was really <laughs> cool. And that Discord server is kind of how this has started for me as well. So uh, starting to organize some different events, um, starting with the Tavern Brawls, that Noodle Tupe, and uh, even before that, Adam and Birdlaw first mentioned and, and kind of got that birthed the idea for um, Noodle Tupa kind of brought it into existence. And then uh, I have been assisting as well in uh, agency. Tim as well has been helping a lot with the uh, maintaining the scoreboard and just keeping things running. Not to mention all of the captains and daredevils we have. So it's just fun to kind of build this, these events with a group of people because it doesn't happen without coordination and help with each other. And uh, just to see this really community, this awesome community rising up vibrantly as Adam would say, to, uh, to build stuff is, it's kind of inspired me to do it. So I'm doing it because I really love it and I enjoy it. So, and I hope the listeners can get something out of it. And I hope even if we can raise awareness just a little bit, get more people into this game, enjoy it, improve their play a little bit better and really grow the community even further. That would be awesome. So that's kind of my goal for doing it. Yeah, I, I actually, I started in the digital app in the alpha. Um, I've played Hero Realms for a handful of years. I played it fairly regularly the last couple of years. Up, I mean, maybe about the last three years or so. Um, I'm really good real life friends with uh, Silent Al, and he introduced me to Star Realms. We played some Hero Realms, and I liked Hero Realms better, but there was not an app at that time. And I said, you know what? I'll really get into this when they have an app for it. I will love that. Um, and then I ended up going to Origins with him one year, met a lot of the Star Realms community, fell in love with the people in that community. Like, it's an awesome community there. And a lot of that has translated to Hero Realms. And then this past year, I won the Legends at Origins. And that was after I had done the Alpha and I was taking a break from playing in the app and stuff. But then when I won Legends, I was like... Let's go. And I just kind of dove all in with it and haven't really looked back since. And similar experiences with you get in on the discord. It was pretty, pretty quiet at first, but then people started joining in and it started building and the community kept growing. And I remember being on the realms rising podcast with Adam uh, in the fall in season one. And kind of talking about the one thing that I really wanted to see was to see the community grow. And that's why I'm doing a lot of the stuff that I'm doing in, in the community, running some tournaments, all, all these million different little projects that I have. Um, one, it's all fun for me. And two, it's helping grow that community. And I really want to see it blossom. Like, I think it's doing great already. I want to see it kind of explode and get I mean huge for a game like this and yet still keep its um 
it's feel, I guess that it, that it, yeah, the atmosphere, that's the right Mm -hmm. word for it. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. Um, it's a great, really just a special kind of feeling. The discussions we have, the camaraderie, the, uh, jokes that we, throw the memes that are constantly happening. Although I'm probably the producer of most of the memes. So maybe some people don't (laughs) enjoy them as much as I do, but yeah, just so much fun. And this is a good place to give a shout out to Androser, Adam. Absolutely. The the godfather of this community, right? It's because of him that he took the initiative. He had the vision to bring this all out. He started with his podcast, created it out of nothing. And it's a huge task to create something out of nothing as we're finding out doing this but uh he really got the ball rolling and opened up the gates and established everything he, and then he did the website um he has encouraged people to write things um he streams as well and uh it you know he's kind of the pioneer who cleared the path for all this to happen so huge shout out to him i i wouldn't be here if he hadn't started the podcast honestly that's what i got i dove kind of back into it and that's what really hooked me an amazingly produced and beautifully sounding podcast it is like it's just so good i hope this sounds as good yeah well that's the other thing too it was a little trepidatious at first to make another podcast after uh after realms rising is out but you know we figured we will be different from realms rising which we are we're focusing on the community events we're kind of you know as we explained um our focus is a little bit different. We'll kind of fill in the gaps. Plus, there's so much to talk about, so much discussion going on in this game. You could have, you know, weekly content of hours and still not get through all the content that you could. So there's a, a, a lot to talk about. And I think there's a need, hopefully, hopefully the community enjoys it and listens to it. So, and hopefully we can partially um, fulfill some of that need. Um, and this kind of brings us into the idea of growing things more. And in our talks with um, Adam, before we even, you know, took detailed steps in making the podcast, we talked about it with Adam first, of course, just to you yep. know, let him know what we were thinking, what he thought about it. And of course, he was super supportive and gave us really good ideas and everything. And we kind of discussed about this idea of making a this larger, not making, but developing what he's done into an overlying Realms Rising network. Right. So we have the website, we have the Discord, we have the Realms Rising podcast. Now we have Sparks and Recreation, another podcast. We have all sorts of community events that are being organized and reported and written about on the website. Everything's kind of coordinated together already into this network. So why not call it the Realms Rising Network? Right. And uh, we're really proud to be a part of it, uh, to fall under that umbrella. And we look forward to developing more content for you guys in the future we look forward to your ideas as well we look forward to supporting you in any ways possible and uh let's grow this realms rising network even further awesome awesome so that kind of gives you a backstory about what's going on we did a little teaser episode that will uh already have released when you're listening to this and that's going to give you some of the format of how this show is going to go and everything. Um, but I do want to say we're going to put out episodes every other week uh, starting off. We're going to kind of gauge how stuff goes after a little bit. And 
if we have the time and energy to do more, we will do more. If that's too much, we might slow it down. So, but I think, I think that's a good, uh, baseline to start from and kind of stick with for a little while. So wanted to let you know that. Yeah. And it's going to be hopefully a good way to have timely, semi-regular updates on everything that's going on and, uh, just keep the community up to date. And like we said, grow awareness and make things stronger. Um, all right. Well, this wraps up the main topic section. Now, usually this section that we use for this kind of introduction will be a little bit longer and we'll focus on one topic, usually probably connected to, um, something about the game itself. It could be a guest interview. Um, it could take on different forms, but this is kind of the main section or segment that we use to do stuff like this. So look forward to seeing different types of content in the space in each episode. And we hope you enjoyed this introductory main topic. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Now for Hero Realms 101. This is where we're going to talk about very basic, not not necessarily very basic, but the basic to intermediate skills and things you need to know to improve your play at Hero Realms. We're not going to get into super advanced stuff in this, but even the very best players can go and listen to these 101 topics and remember and think about this stuff because we need to think about these every time we play pretty much. And today we're going to talk about the essential things that we need to check on every turn. So sort of like as you, as it's your turn, you saw what your opponent did. Now it's your turn and kind of turn orders a part of it, but just kind of everything you need to do to plan that turn out. You need to look at like, how much gold do I have in my hand? How much damage am I going to be able to put out? Do I have draws or cycles, any of that sort of thing? And so that's the biggest part. And I'm, I'm going to start off by saying when I start my turn, the first thing that I tend to do, if I have any cards that draw or cycle, I'll look and see. I, I want to make sure I think about it before I play them because you can undo stuff. But if you draw or buy a card from the market, get new information, you can't undo it. So I'm real careful when I play a draw. But that's one of the things I will do first before I play any other cards because maybe new information will change what I'm going to do. So I'll look at what I have. Okay, I want to play this draw card. Say it's uh, Death Threat. I play that and I draw another card and that gives me new information to think about. Then I can make play. Then I will tend to usually play my gold out, buy something from the market or a couple things or use my ability depending on what class I'm playing. Then I will normally play out my damage. Um, the one thing that kind of switches that up is if I have like a stun that will auto stun a champion especially if it's something that draws like say firebomb that will stun and draw. I'll play that earlier than when I would play damage unless then it gets complicated, like depending on the guards and non guards and everything, but just in a basic sense, I'll draw first, 
lay out my gold, buy my, make my purchases. Then I'll put out my damage. And then I pretty much end my turn. How about you, Matt? Yeah. I mean, that sounds eerily similar to what I do as well. And I think basically most players have the same process for me. And this is especially true if you have multiple async games going on at once and you kind of, if you, if you like me, you play a bunch, take a few turns, set it down, go oh, back yeah. to real life, come back again, blast through a couple more games. <clears throat> it's a great way to play a lot that fits into your time schedule and when do you have some downtime. However, it's very easy to forget what's going, <laughs> going on in the games that you're playing and to kind of lose the flow and uh, sometimes even kind of forget which way the momentum is heading in some games. Usually mm -hmm. I can get a good snapshot of a game just by looking at the opponent discard and opponent deck just to see what they've bought so far. All right. This is probably the, one of the most important pieces of information because this tells you just looking at health <clears throat> and your health won't necessarily tell you. Uh, if you're safe or not, or if things are going your way or not, you actually need to look at what's coming ahead in their deck, how the rest of the game is going to start looking, what it does your damage output look like compared to theirs. Cause basically that's what you need to start calculating to win this game. Can you out damage them <laughs> for lack of a better term quicker than they will do the same to you. All right. And looking at the, uh, discard piles and draw piles to see what they already have is really important. All right, so that's usually the first thing I look at. Then I look at my gold output. How much gold am I going to get this turn? And what can I buy? All right. Then I look at the options. And if I don't remember already, uh, I also look very carefully at my own draw and discard pile to see what I have purchased so far this game. And then you just need to start making decisions. All right. And then we'll, we'll talk about decision uh, processes later. That's a different Hero Realms 101, I think. But in terms mm -hmm. of what you check each turn, these are the things I do. My opponent, draw and discard. My own draw and discard. And then, the, of course, the market. Look really carefully at the market and my gold output and see what I can do. Think about it before I start buying things. Think about if I'm going to use my ability or not. Uh, and take it from there. So if you take these steps before you start playing out your turn and plan things out a little bit, uh, I think you'll see better results. And once you get used to it, it doesn't take that much time either. We're talking like a few seconds once you get used to it. You just pop in a few things and look at it, analyze it, and go. So um, just spending a few extra seconds doing this stuff can really brush up your game, I think. Yeah, I, I, I tend to have a pretty bad memory when it comes to stuff. And I will play a lot of async games at once. I'm playing a little less than normal right now, but sometimes it's 30, 40 games at once that I'm playing. And you're playing some of the same people and some of the same characters and all that stuff. And it's so hard to keep track of what's going on. So what you said is a great thing that everybody should think about is to check both your draw, your opponent's draw and discard piles and all of that, as well as all the other normal information. Because like you said, that's how you can evaluate, hey, am, am I going to have the damage to be able to do what I need to do, because that's how you win the game is by getting your opponent down to zero health or less. Exactly. So you can't win if you don't do any damage. So you need to be able to do those calculations and say, okay, in my deck, I have this much damage. 
he has this much defense or healing and this is where his health is at. Am I going to be able to get him down to zero before he gets me? And if not, that's going to change your, your decisions there. Totally. And like I said, we'll talk about those decisions later because that's right. really the crux of the game, I think, you know, is what decisions you make. Um, yeah, so this is a really good thing to do uh, with um, the process of thinking about your turn. And one thing I'll, I'll just add here at the end is watch some of our great streamers. Uh, hat tip to Andrew Roser, to the Cats' Meow, Tim, uh, of course, Dusto as well all of these you can these guys you can find on discord uh watch their streams watch what they do each turn and you'll see them doing this right and if you watch good players play the game like this you'll pick up some of the habits that they do and um if you start to emulate that you'll see some you'll see some good results yeah the last thing i want to say about this is uh s freak just put out an article about turn order it talks about a lot of this stuff in a little bit more depth for some of it, maybe a little less than some of the others, but like a really good article that talks about it. She covers some really good stuff there. Now we are going to talk about our character skill and ability focus that we're going to do every week. And what we're going to do here is we're going to pick a character skill or ability of which each character has multiple options to pick from, not just the level three baseline for this, but then their upgrades and all of that. And then there's different trees and all of those. So there's lots of options here. So we're going to go through all of these things and talk about them. Uh, we'll talk about what we like or dislike about the skill or ability and, and when we would use it or what's really good about it or really bad about it. So we're going to start off this week uh, with devastating blow. That is the fighter ability that uh, it's, a, you know, so your skills are what you pay the two gold for your abilities are your once per game. You trash the card to, to do this. And so it's once per game ability that will do 12 damage. It's the fully upgraded uh, crushing blow. Yeah. In the alpha, I heard they, they originally called this the wizard killer, but I guess they changed it to devastating blow for the beta. It, it, it's a devastating blow to the wizard player's self-esteem. That's really <laughs> what it is. <laughs> and and it, it's really good at that. Yeah. And I think we just answered the question, why do we like it or dislike it with with that uh, exchange that we just had? I, I, mean, uh, I mean, just honestly, it's a lot of damage and that's what the fighter does. And yeah. so if you're a fighter, you like it. If you're playing the fighter, you don't like it. It's an awesome ability. Uh, and, you know, we could have an interesting discussion and we have ranking the different abilities in terms of strength or power. Uh, in terms of the one-off ability, I would probably say the thief smooth ice is at the top. You can get into an argument what if you agree with that or not. I would argue, though, devastating blow is up there near the top of awesome, powerful one-off abilities. It's just I, I, I'd agree. Yeah. As I said during 
the one-on-one segment, the way that you win the game is by dealing damage. That's what this does. Yeah, and, and it, it does, does a lot. lot of it. Yeah. So, all right, we agree. We like it. There's really nothing to dislike about it, to be honest, except if you think it's too strong, which I've argued in the past, but I won't argue I, that I would here. agree. Yeah, I, it might be a little too strong, but basically the fighter needs it to win. And Yes, that, yes. Yeah, so, you know, that's fine. You just got to get used to it. The really fun way to think about the devastating blow is as a fighter who uses this, your opponent basically starts off with 12 less hit points at the very beginning of the game. And if you factor in your shoulder crush, which hopefully you have upgraded to the four damage, that's 16 damage right there. All right. So your opponent is basically down 16 damage before you even play a card or buy a card. All right. If you have the jagged spear in your deck, that's another eight damage, four from the spear and four from the sack ability. All right. So now we're getting into just insane levels of built in damage without buying a single thing from the market. When you add all these up, this is how a fighter can win on turn seven. Yep. And believe me, it happens, my friends. It's happened to me many times. I have um, laid to rest many poor wizards who have succumbed to a uh, turn seven. I've, I've done it a number of times, too. Yeah. So anyways, but this is the devastating blow. And now let's talk about some good uses for it. Tim, hook us up. What do you think about it? So you can use a lot, use it for a lot of things. One is just to kind of my go-to as a fighter is I will tend to leave this and just finish my opponent off. So I just basically lower their health by 12 when I'm doing my calculations and the devastating blow will take care of it. I mean, that's not exactly how I do it, but that's kind of how it works out. So that's one way. Another, another way to use this, and this is what I really like devastating blow for is some of the armor upgrades that are at like, 30, 35, 40 hit points that aren't super low. You can get them below those thresholds fairly quickly and shut that armor off like the shadow mask, like uh, the ranger's uh, cloak. cloak. Yeah, the hunter's cloak. And the even the cleric's uh, phoenix helm, that's another one that's mm-hmm. at like 40. Although they heal a bunch, you got to get way below it for the cleric. But uh, and even for the thief, that's something to keep in mind. So but that's that's one of my favorites. I'm going to let you talk a little bit because I know you've been playing a decent amount of fighter lately. So what what's some of the ways that you like them? For me, I've been playing a decent amount. Uh, I've been it's. It's really strong right now in the current uh, health cap meta. When we're recording this, by the way, we're at the end of March, and who knows um, how the health cap is going to shake out, shake out down the line. But right now, with the health cap at starting health, the fighter can really uh, cause some damage, <laughs> and he does pretty, and he does very well, except in uh, cleric cleric fights. And the reason is because of this. One of the main reasons is because of devastating blow. I don't have any different uses. Those are the two main ones. Okay. I will say. Uh, depending on the match or who I'm fighting, I might even use it, um, like turn one or turn two. If it helps me trigger the draw on the, uh, throwing ax. So especially if I'm playing a ranger, uh, or a wizard, I have no qualms, even if I'm not going to deactivate uh, their armor or anything, I will have no qualms about burning it early, getting the extra draw. 
plus it just you know it, it scares the crap out of your opponent a little bit when they <laughs> when it's their turn is up and they're like oh man i just oh, lost yeah. 20 i just lost 20 health on that last turn i gotta start and sometimes you can panic your um your opponent into doing stuff just by taking off a bunch of damage yeah so the one thing i would want to say and I was going to say that if you didn't, so I'm glad you brought it up. But I do want to bring up a point here. As somebody who's played so much fighter, it's really good to trigger that draw with your throwing axe when you don't have any other damage or you don't have the gold to get, you know, to the seven damage for everything. But you want to make sure that you're going to have a chance to draw something good. Don't just trigger it because you can draw and then you get a gold you don't use. So, like, keep that in mind. That that's the one thing because I'll see people and I've done it too when I'm not thinking a whole lot is like oh yeah I can get the draw if I use my devastating blow I use it and then I draw a gold that I just discard it's like well I should have saved that at that point so that's one thing to think about the draw yeah don't just indiscriminately use it now something can be said just for cycling your deck a little bit quicker like if you yeah. just bought a really nice card and you just want to cycle through and get, increase your chances of getting it. And especially if you're fighting, like I said, against the Ranger, because the Ranger, uh, you want to damage as quickly as possible so you can shut off the cloak so they can't heal anymore. And using it early doesn't really matter. You don't have to wait until right. you can deactivate it. So burning it against the Ranger, I don't hesitate as much. Other ones, you have to be very more judicious about when to use it. But yeah, those are some of the good uses for the Devastating Blow. All right, let's get into the online event roundup. As we record this today, April 5th, we will give the current snapshot of what's happening in events. All right, now obviously there might be a little lag by the time we record this and when you hear it, but just understand that when we recorded it, this was the most up-to-date information that we had. First, we're going to take a look at the Tavern Brawl. Currently, we are nearing the end of round seven. There are still a few outstanding matches left to go, but most of them are finished. This week, we saw a number of uh, interesting matchups happen. And as things stand now, the standings remain the same. Diamond Double Doves and the Decepticons are number one on the list. And although they still have outstanding matches, if they win uh, two more of their matches this week, they could remain undefeated. Behind them, we have Heroes of the Damned in second place, and they are five and two. They've actually completed their seventh week and sit second in the standings. At number three, we have the Street Thugs at four and three. They have also finished all their matches, and they remain locked in third place. Below that, we have many other teams, some of which still have not finished their matches. The Brave Trawlers look to round off in fifth place, Realm Heroes in sixth, Drink Smash repeat seventh, Nightmare in Realm Street rounding in at eighth, Arpisti at nine, and Blood, Sweat, and Beers in tenth. We also have our player rankings. Uh, doing very well as Andalus at 15 wins and 6 losses. Noodletube 
is right behind him, actually doing very well as well. I still think he has some matches to report. He's at 15 and three. Both of those guys are Rangers, by the way. In third place, we have Birdlaw, the lone wizard in the top 10 player rankings. He is 15 and six, kicking ass and taking names as the wizard in the brawls. And then rounding up our top five players, we have Stralio at four and DeCatz's Meow at five, both at 14 and seven. Those are two clerics. So this gives you a quick roundup of what's happening in Tavern Brawl. Remember, you can catch all of this information, plus a lot more detailed stats and information on the scoreboard. Check out the Discord for information on that. Tim, what do you have for us next in the weekly roundup? So up next, we have HRPC and the second event in season one. Uh, It has made it past the round robin group stage and the top uh, players from each group have moved on. And it looks like we're about maybe a little over halfway through that second part of the event. So we have some players that have already in the top 16 matches, but there's still some top 64 matches playing. So, so it's kind of in the middle of that second stage of events for them. So not a ton to report there, except for it's progressing well. And as soon as uh, that's done, we'll have some name, some the winners and top performers. Yep. Thanks, Tim. All right. The next part of the roundup is going to focus on our ongoing event, King of the Castle. Our inaugural king for this event was Andalus, who had a very nice run in defense of his throne. He defeated seven challengers and racked up a bunch of different heroes in his body count before finally subcoming to the cat's meow, who has taken the throne, has taken the castle and is putting up his own impressive defense. He currently sits at six defeated challengers. And currently, as we record this, is facing off against S-Freak in an epic duel. She has seen enough of these kings running the show, and she wants to become the first queen to run the castle. So we'll see how she can do in this event. Again, this is another continuous event. You can always sign up anytime. Check out the link for it, uh, either on Discord, or it's also on the uh, Tavern Braun. We're all scoreboard as well. All right, Tim, what do you have next? So the Highlander series, the the first event has finished. Uh, Decat says Meow won that event with uh, Eindelus in second place. And then we had uh, Androser and Noodle Tulpe uh, rounding out the top four. Uh, the second event just started this morning as of when we're recording this. So there's not much going there yet as far as news, but uh, that will be progressing. And over the next few weeks, we'll have an event two winner. I do want to say that uh, there will be the invitational at the end of the four events for the season. And right now the, the four player, the top four, the cat, Andalus and Roser and noodle will all, get an invitation there. So if we had like the same top four in event two, not that I'm going to say that's going to happen, but if we had some repeats in there or whatever, that's going to open up some spots for people that perform really well over the whole season. All right. And finally, uh, the last part of the weekly roundup is going to be 
an announcement of a new event on the horizon. It should be, signups should be live by the time you hear this. This is for the Joust event. This is a level 12 event that actually consists of five separate level 12 mirror tournaments. So we'll have a cleric joust, fighter joust, ranger, thief, and wizard joust, all separate, where we have level 12 uh, characters from this class face off in an initial tournament stage. The top two performers from each of these uh, individual class tournaments will move on to a group stage, a round-robin stage, where we'll actually have two five-player groups that play each other in a round-robin format. One of each character or class type will be in each group. So group A will have a cleric, fighter, ranger, thief, and wizard, and group B will also have that. The winner from each of those round robins will advance to the final duel in a best of seven finals to to determine the joust champion. So this should be an interesting event and signups are available right now. Please check it out if it sounds interesting. Sounds like fun. So this has been Tim, Agency 13 McKenzie. May your market rows be kind and your firebombs be frequent. And this is Matthew Jigmalinko Rooks reminding you to stay calm and channel. Make sure to check out my Twitch stream on Tuesday nights at 9.30 Eastern and stay tuned for our next episode with our special guest, Adam Androser. I can't pronounce his last name. Charbonneau. take care and have a good one everybody you made it to the end of the show congratulations you're a nerd tune into the next episode of sparks and recreation for more on community events meta analysis and everything hero realms (laughs) 